The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open to Psalm number 1, we will look today at the exposition after a word of prayer and the reading of this psalm together. Father, we come now in Jesus' precious name, thanking you for the truth of the Word of God which is found before us in the book of Psalms. Help us, Lord, to convey the truths that you have given unto us, that the people of God may be edified and that some poor sinner may be notified today of their condition before the Lord our God. We ask for your help and touch, your grace and power, your wisdom and enlightenment now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm number one, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now we have entitled this psalm, The Crossroads of Life. It is our desire to impress upon men the necessity, yes, the responsibility of all men to make a decision before the Lord. This is the opening psalm in this, what we call the hymn book of the Bible. 
It stands coupled with Psalm number 2 as an introduction to the whole book of the Psalms. Together, these two Psalms lay out the general content and character of the 150 Psalms making up this collection. In Psalm 1, we are, as it were, handed a copy of the law of God and pointed to its words. In Psalm 2, we are appointed to the prophecy within the word of God. In the first Psalm, we would be wise to consider the law of the Lord, while in the second Psalm, we would do well to consider the Lord of that law. From the very beginning then, the foundation is laid in Psalms 1 and 2, and we are furnished with the message of the Psalms as a whole. I believe it could be summed up as this, among many other summations, no doubt, but this one we'll give to you from our own mind and heart. It is that God will bless the righteous and judge the wicked, and it will be according to his law and the plan of prophecy. Now to consider this first of many songs, as soon as we begin to read it, we find ourselves standing at a crossroads. A crossroads is a place where two roads or many roads meet. In this case, we find that many roads meet. All the different walks of men converge at this one point, at this divine crossroads, at a time, at a place, a state of affairs which requires prompt and decisive action. Yes, it is not long ere we begin life's journey until we all come to a crossroads. Then and there we must make a decision. I believe this decision is captured well in the statement by Pilate to the accusers of Jesus. He said, What will ye then that I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? This psalm, number one, is a study in contrasts. We find two characters, the righteous and the ungodly. We find two choices, two roads, two ways to travel the way of the righteous, the way of the ungodly. We find two consequences, happiness and delight for the righteous, hopelessness and destruction for the ungodly. Now we must say, that the blessed man is the man who has received Christ Jesus the Lord as his Savior. This is the choice that is before us. It becomes obvious in plain in Psalm number 2. The question is asked in verse number 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? This, of course, is fulfilled at the coming of Christ in his birth. There in Bethlehem and the events surrounding his birth, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their courts from us. Here's the choice that must be made. Look down to verse number 12. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust 
in him. Will you trust in the Son of God, or will you not? In the first psalm, we find two main divisions. Verses 1 through 3, we see the godly man and how he is established and firmly planted. In verses 4 through 6, we see the ungodly man and how he is driven along and finally swept away. We see the saint and the sinner. The saint is planted while the sinner is perishing. Where can you be found in this song? Which of the verses belong to you? Or to which verse do you belong? I believe the key to this psalm is found in verse 6. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There is the mention of the two ways. Which way do you travel? Which way will you choose? First then, the road of the righteous. Verses 1 through 3. The righteous man is pictured here as one who is happy. He says, blessed is the man. Or, oh, how happy. Or, oh, the happinesses of the man who, and then he describes this man. He's happy in verse 1. The righteous man is holy in verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He is healthy in verse 3. He is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit, whose leaf does not wither. Yes, whatever he sets his hand and mind to, he prospers therein. He is a spiritually prosperous man. Now, three things I want you to see about this blessed man, this righteous man, his way or his road, his marked with boundaries, with a book, and with a bounty. In verse 1, we see the blessed man and the boundaries that he sets. In verse 2, we see the blessed man and the book that he loves. In verse 3, we see the blessed man and the bounty that he finds. First then, verse 1, the blessed man and the boundaries that he sets. There is first that principle of where he will not step. He who would be happy and blessed in his soul must set certain boundaries in his life. We would do well, brethren, to note the negatives here and incorporate them into our lives. Yes, there is a principle of where he will not step. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The righteous man does not follow the advice of the ungodly, nor does he allow his feet to start down their path. Why? Because he finds their purposes and their plans to go against that which is right and good for his life. The advice of the ungodly is known by the righteous man as words which never lead a man to live by the law of the Lord. A godly man ponders the direction of his life. He takes heed, therefore. Therefore, he will determine beforehand to distance himself from the deliberations, from the decisions, from the determinations of this wicked world for his own good, his own protection. He plainly rejects the purposes and plans of the ungodly. But then the principle of where he will not stand, nor standeth in the way of sinners. 
The good, godly, righteous man does not linger in the way of sinners. This word way here speaks of a road that is trodden. It can be a highway. It can be a pathway. It represents one's course of life and mode of action. Now, back to those two words, highway and pathway, the way of sinners. It can be a highway. We would call it a highway sin, one that we should avoid, one that's clearly marked, one that's out in the open, one that's grossly obvious. This is a highway sin. Let us avoid it. Then there are those pathway sins. They're off the main road, what we might call a secret sin, a hidden sin. These two brethren, though not clearly marked, should be clearly avoided. Just because they're of a more secret, hidden, and private nature does not mean we can linger in their presence. For the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The godly man sets up a boundary, and he will not stand in the way of sinners. He will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So he sets his mind to not only the direction of his life, but the development of his life. How are things shaping up in my life? And oh, if they're going in the wrong direction, if things are developing badly, then I must set myself down in humble repentance before God and find myself back on the righteous way, following after the good shepherd and obeying the words of the Lord. So he persistently rejects the paths and pleasures of the sinful. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.